It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So what can the Orlando Magic learn from a fourth quarter collapse from a crushing defeat? A whole lot, actually. There's a lot to learn and a lot to know about this team and some of its weaknesses. Yes, we're going to go through some misery. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. are indeed locked on magic today is november 3rd 2022 my name is philip rosternike and the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com of course follow me on twitter at philip rr underscore omd on today's episode of locked on magic we're going to relive a little bit of tuesday's crushing defeat we're going to go over some of the things that went wrong in that fourth quarter in the final seven and a half minutes and why they're kind of bigger signs of problems with this magic team and, and and things that this team needs to fix so if there is something good, it's it's some lessons learned and maybe a wake-up call for this team as they try to get better. Uh, we'll take a look at some of those trends coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic a part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, obviously, Tuesday night was bad. Um, but, but just, just no way around it. 11 point lead, seven and a half minutes to play, or a little bit less than seven and a half minutes to play. That is a game that you should be able to close down and win. You don't lose a lead like that without making critical mistakes and critical errors. And, um, you know, I think I, I, I think that there are two really important points that we should continue to draw from this game as, as we look ahead to tonight's game against the Golden State Warriors and, and put this game in our rearview mirror. The first is that, yes, um, it is a good thing. It is a sign of progress that the Magic are in these close games. The pain, the frustration that you're feeling, the, the, the understanding that this team can and should be better, that is progress. Because last year, and, and I think the Magic recognized this too, and they're not resting on their laurels on this, but uh, I think the Magic recognized this too, that they are in these games. They have taken a step up by playing in these competitive games. The Magic are 1-7. in seven. But they are 0-6 in clutch situations when the game is within five points in the final five minutes. And, and, and that's clutch to varying degrees. Um, you know, they had a chance to win the Oklahoma City game, but they're playing from behind. They had uh, they, they had a chance to win the Detroit game. They were playing from behind in that fourth quarter. Uh, the Atlanta game, they were playing from behind. So 
to, to some extent that, yes, they're in these games, they're closer, they're not getting blown out, but they're still playing from behind um, in a lot of these games. The Oklahoma City game is really the first time that they had a lead in the fourth quarter, and they lost it. Having said that, Orlando has lost double-digit leads in four games this season, and while that's not rare in and of itself, you know, the margin for error is so small for this Magic team, it shows you both how good they can be and how bad they can be all at once. So, it, it, saying that the Magic are in these close games, that's that's enough. That's not enough to rest on your laurels because they should be winning these games, and we should hold them to that and expect them to win these games. By the same token, um, it shows both their strengths and their weaknesses, and that's really what I wanted to dive into when I looked back at this fourth quarter. Um, because, uh, you know, as this team is learning to win, as this team is starting to experience more of these close games, it, it's, it's A, been a while since Magic have played a lot of close games, but um, but B, it's it, it really shows you, and it becomes proof of how narrow the margin is, how narrow the difference is between a win or a loss. Like, I went back and I watched every play, um, you know, every shot essentially taken by the Magic in those final seven and a half minutes. And there are things to be concerned about. But the reality, too, is that if Franz Wagner hits that Dirk, Dirk fadeaway when the Magic are up three, makes it a five-point game with four and a half minutes to play, the game is very different. If the Magic work the ball, get to the basket, get to the free throw line one more time, the game is very different. If the Magic get that stop or Shea Gildas-Alexander misses that tough fadeaway, this game is very different. Against Dort misses uh, a a contested three-pointer over Bull Bull. This game is very different. Now, obviously, all those things happen. So you can't take it away and you have to analyze the decisions as they happen, not the what-ifs. But it's really important to know that a lot of these Magic games are turning on two or three possessions. And it's having the consistency of decision-making, especially in tight moments in that fourth quarter, that's the difference between winning and losing right now. And and this is an important point that I want to bring out um, because the Magic are up by uh, by 11. And within a minute, everything for this team changes. And it was really three pull-up jumpers that changed it. Three jumpers that aren't necessarily bad decisions or bad shots, but aren't the best shots. And if those shots go in, everyone's happy. We're talking about a magic win today. We're talking about how good Franz Wagner's been outside of his three-point shooting. Um... We're, we're talking about how impactful Bull Bull is today. But the Magic started this stretch with two shots that are not good shots for this team. But they are shots that this Magic team is taking more and more and more and more. The Magic's offense is meant to be about paint touches. Orlando wants to get the ball into the paint and kick out. They want to put pressure at the rim. That is one of their goals. It's the reason why one of the bell plays now is kick out threes, is kick out around the horn threes. But the Magic are struggling at this part of their offense. Orlando is currently 28th in the league with a 51.5% assist rate and 28th in the league with 19.9 assists per game. 
going deeper into the data according to second spectrum. The Magic are 25th in the league with 42.6 potential assists per game. Overall, Orlando is 29th in the league with 257.8 passes per game. What all this says is the Magic want to play with the pass, the Magic want to move the ball, but they are not. Those early plays that I'm talking about uh, after the Magic took that 11-point lead, they're they're up by 11, they're up by 9, they're up by 8. And Franz Wagner's coming around, settling for a mid-range jumper. No passes made. The Magic are making a one-pass, a really slow offense that's not getting into it sets quickly, a one-pass to bowl bowl for a, a, an on-the-move jumper, an on-the-move pull-up jumper. These shots in isolation may not matter a whole lot, but in the course of a close game, depending on how the rebound caroms off, depending on what the Magic do defensively, you get Stort hits a tough shot. Now all of a sudden you've gone from an 11-point game to an 8-point game to a 6-point game. The Magic's lead was cut in half within three possessions because Orlando took not good shot, not good shots. I won't say they're bad shots because they're decent shots, but did not take the best shots available to them. And some of that is because of their inability to move the ball. More fun early, early season statistics here. The Magic ranked 29th in the league in isolation possessions last year. But this year, Orlando is currently 14th with 7.9 isolation possessions per game according to the NBA.com's play, play, uh, uh, play uh, data. Paolo's, Paolo Bencaro's presence certainly is a part of this. The Magic are running a lot more isolations for him. Franz Wagner's getting his share of isolations at point guard to, to, to do what he has to do to break down the defense. But this is a staggering rise and a, and a huge change in the way the Magic's offense runs. Now, Granted, last year's offense wasn't that great either, but there's a balance that's missing here. The Magic, indeed, have jumped from the fourth-fewest pull-up jump shots in the league last year. They had 19.2 attempts per game at 32.2%, to the seventh-most pull-up jump shots with 23.1 per game at 35.7%. They have the sixth-worst pull-up jumper percentage in the league. Again, so what does this all mean? It means the Magic are not passing the ball. It means the Magic are not getting good shots in the lane, in the paint. They're taking the most difficult shots in the game. And their offense is lacking the fluidity and movement. If you're looking for a reason why Orlando was not able to get a field goal in the last seven and a half minutes or the last 726 or whatever it was in Tuesday's game, it's because this offense is struggling to move. Now, I would, argue part of, I would argue part of the problem is that they are relying on a guy like Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro to run point. Um, it, it's not a comfortable and natural position for them. Especially late in games when games get tight, when possessions get super important and, and, and everything becomes super valuable, you need an organizer. You need someone who's going to get everyone into their sets. And, and, and honestly, that's what Markel Fultz is really good at. And so, yeah. A lot of these problems might indeed be solved by Markel Fultz coming back into the fold and playing again. But the Magic have to be more intentional and more focused on moving the ball, on creating collapsing defenses and kicking out. If the Magic lost this game because they missed open standstill threes, they kicked out to they got to the paint, kicked out to the corner, and Bull Bull misses a three, or Wendell Carter misses a three, or Franz Wagner misses a three. If that's the reason the Magic lost this game and Oklahoma City comes back down 
and hits a tough shot, which they hit. They hit their fair tough shots. That was a good good point by Jamal Mosley after Tuesday's game. If all that happens and you lose, that's something you can live with. What you can't live with is the lack of execution. Is that this is becoming a real trend for the Orlando Magic where they're not moving the ball effectively and they're settling for mid-range jumpers. That's not the only thing to learn from this collapse that the Magic had on Tuesday night. We're going to talk a little bit more about other things that this Magic team struggled with uh, when we come back here in just a moment. But first, a quick word for our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. So find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-minute scores for every sport out there. I saw uh, BetOnline had the NBA Coach of the Year odds. Jamal Mosley was going at 40-1 to earlier in the season, back down to 100-1. to So... Jump on that Jamal Mosley bandwagon and, uh, and, and, and put your money on, on, on your coach here. Um, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, and so much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your second listen today, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories at sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. So, you know, let's 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 build a little bit on that point guard issue. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I think the struggles the Magic had in that fourth quarter against the Oklahoma City Thunder are, are, are really emblematic of struggles that this team has had overall. Um, it's really struggles of bigger issues. Um, you know, like, look, I went back, I watched the whole fourth quarter again, or the whole that whole seven-and-a-half-minute stretch, or the plays that, that mattered in that seven-and-a-half-minute stretch. And, you know, the first thing I noticed were those three mid-range jumpers. It's like, huh, that's, that's, those aren't bad shots, those aren't great shots. And found that the Magic's... I mean, we all knew the Magic's offense was struggling to pass the ball, but found this little nugget about the Magic and pull-up jumpers that's 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 interesting and not clear what it means. But in this game, it is, it is clear what it means. The thing is, this team is struggling to create. Um, Franz Wagner is doing his best as the point guard, but 
and clutch situations, his inexperience really becomes clear. Look, the Magic were always going to try to increase Franz's load on the ball. They want him to go out there and make these mistakes and get this experience. That's that's not the problem here. The problem here is that late in games, you need precision. And that's not what Franz Wagner is good at at this position. Look, he had a couple turnovers. He had a couple missteps. Um, As much as people are knocking Jalen Suggs for some of the mistakes he made, and yes, he made two really just bad decisions. A really bad turnover on an inbounds pass that even if the ball wasn't tipped, I'm not sure what he was trying to do. Um, And then with the Magic down three, he took a contested three-pointer that was well behind the three-point line that just isn't a good shot. Um, generally, like this is the main point that should come out of out of um, Tuesday's game is Orlando's got to be smarter. They got to make better decisions. Um, and yeah, like I said, if Franz Wagner hits that Dirk step back, um, Magic are up two with five minutes to play. He takes a Dirk step back, misses it. Oklahoma City comes down to the other end of the floor, takes the lead on a three. Um, if he makes that shot, we very well might be talking about a win. That might be enough to deflate the sale. And that, and that's you know. When you're playing with a lead in the fourth quarter, the other team is playing desperate, and you have to kind of match their energy. But you also have to play with the composure and calm to take that shot and make that shot, and it takes just one shot to deflate the other team. All Orlando needed here was enough to kind of slow the momentum down and kind of regain control. They needed a stop. They needed a shot. They needed something, and they just didn't get any of it. That's why they lost this game. It's because... Again, it was literally just one play. I, like I, Watching this game back, it would have been one play, one shot going in, one stop being made. And Oklahoma City took some tough shots and made some tough shots, so give them credit on that. Um, it just became a cascading effect, and you could just sense Orlando getting tight, and you can't play tight in these situations. That's, again, the biggest issue of not having a point guard right now. The Magic are getting away with it with their big lineups. Um early in the game, and, and it works early in the game, but when possessions matter, when every possession matters, you need to make good decisions. And that's kind of where this thing is right now. Um, Wendell Carter said it really well after Tuesday's game. The the war, the, the Thunder sped the magic up. And you can see, you go back and watch some of those, those games, those plays, everything's sped up. Orlando doesn't look comfortable. And that's that's really a big piece of this puzzle was Orlando didn't look comfortable. And you're not always going to look comfortable, but you got to be, you got to find comfort, you got to find composure. And, and and that's the difference in these games right now is Orlando just has these moments where they're unable to kind of control the pace and play the way they want to play. And they're playing catch up. And look, again, credit to Orlando. Last year in those moments, they get beat up. Last year in those moments, that's how a five-point deficit turns into a 25-point deficit as the Magic are trying to figure out how to get control of the game back. It takes them a long time. This year, that five-point deficit's turning into 12, maybe. Maybe 10. Maybe it only doubles. Orlando's doing a much better job at getting back control. But obviously, when you get to the fourth quarter, you no longer have time to get back control. It's got to be immediate. And again, that's where not having a point guard is really, really hurting. Um, turnovers are obviously a, a huge issue for the Magic, but it's it, this stuff just comes down to decision-making. Taking the best shot, not taking the first shot, not taking a good shot, 
taking the best shot. And Orlando got some good looks that they missed, but they took a lot of shots that they shouldn't be taking. Again, because they're sped up, because they're feeling the panic, because they're feeling the fatigue of the game. Orlando's one of the best teams at getting to the foul line. Um, and, and obviously all of Orlando's points during that 23-4 run came at the foul line. They both came from Wendell Carter touching the ball. Um, that, uh, aside from things he said after the game, I have not talked about Wendell Carter at all in this, in this podcast. And frankly, that's where a point guard is really valuable. The Magic need a basket. You find a way to get it to your best player. And Tuesday night, that was Wendell Carter. As much as it's valuable for Franz Wagner to learn how to attack and do all these things, the Magic did not involve the guy that scored 30 freaking points in the game during the last stretch of the game. Paolo Bancaro got one shot in those seven and a half minutes, in those final seven and a half minutes. And it was a layup that he missed short. Good, good shot. And it turned into a little bit of a run out for Oklahoma City. The Magic were able to stop that. But um, the two guys that are probably going to put the most pressure on the defense, get you to the foul line so you can get some easy shots. Something Orlando is good at this season is getting to the foul line. They should recognize that as a strength. Get to the basket. Get to the paint. Create some contact. Collapse the defense. These are things that the Magic just don't seem to trust yet. And, and you see that in the fourth quarter, what they trust and what they don't trust. Right now, they don't trust the pass. They're not moving the ball. They don't trust their ability to get to the foul line and get to the paint. They're not attacking. They trust these mid-range jumpers, these pull-up jumpers. And defenses are going under and daring them to shoot. So if you're going to take that shot, you've got to make it. Otherwise, you've got to find a way to, to attack and collapse the defense. And... and that's the part the Magic haven't figured out in the biggest moments of the game. We'll talk a little bit about tonight's game against the Golden State Warriors coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Orlando Magic will start a much-needed seven-game homestand with the Golden State Warriors tonight at the Amway Center. Um, you know, like, look, uh, before we get into this game, uh, we knew that the first half part of the schedule is going to be tough. Six out of eight on the road, a lot of them against playoff-caliber teams. Um, you know, when when we looked at that schedule and said the Magic should probably be okay going two and six or three and five, I, I think a lot of us bet that they would beat Detroit and Oklahoma City. Um, you know, getting the Charlotte win was nice, but... Uh, we, we expected those kinds of wins against teams that are of their are equals to them. Um, so, you know, you look at the schedule again. The Magic are zero and six in clutch situations. Um, I noted that you know uh, uh, I think our friend Doug Branson from Locked On Hornets um, noted that you know Charlotte is a PJ Washington three and and some other thing from being one and seven too. Um, so it, it, it is important to note that Orlando is just as capable right now. Of being three and five, of four and four, of you know maybe even five and three, 
as they are being one and seven. So if you if you sense that optimism in, in my in my eyes, or I, I think in reality, you look at this team, they're three and five at best. Um, you know, I think if you add Markel Fultz, he probably wins them the Detroit game, probably wins them maybe the Atlanta game, to be perfectly honest, probably wins them last night's game. So three and five, four and four is is not so far away. Again, like these games are turning on one or two plays, one or two moments, a missed shot, a made shot. That's what you want games to turn on, and, and that's what you want to break down and analyze. Um, the fact that the Magic have done most of this on the road is telling. Um, Orlando's two best games this season, honestly, were the two home games, Boston and Charlotte. Um, so I do expect the Magic's offense to be rejuvenated a little bit during the seven-game homestand. Obviously, there's a chance to get comfortable, chance to get some practices in, um, a chance to kind of get their feet back under them after this rough start to the season. So... You know, I don't know what the rec- Magic's record is going to be. They obviously play Golden State tonight. That's a tough opponent. Um, the the ro- homestand is, I'm going to see if I can do it by memory, Golden State, Sacramento, Houston, Dallas. Uh, who do they play next uh, Friday? I think Charlotte's in there, Minnesota, and I'm blanking on the last team, so I apologize. I know they go to Chicago at the, at the, end, of this, uh, at the end of this. But, um, but... You know, regardless, there's some good teams in there, so it's it's going to be a tough homestand. It's not like they're they're home automatically. They're going to go six and one or five and two or anything like that. Um, but this is a chance to get their feet back under them uh, and, and and hopefully get some guys back from injury. You know, I, I would say you know I haven't been in the practice facility in a couple weeks um, because the team's been on the road so much. Um, would not surprise me if we get Gary Harris back during this homestand. Um, I know there is some hope that Markel Fultz could be ready to go in this homestand. That is not clear at this point. Um, we are entering the window that you would expect Fultz to be back. And yeah, any period where the Magic are home for a long time feels like a good time to get Jonathan Isaac the work that he needs uh, to, to to clear that final hurdle and get back onto the court. Um, again, not clear when that's going to be either. But, you know, this is this is a time for for optimism, for hope, and, and to see like, okay, what's this team going to do and, 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 and what's going to happen? It all has to start tonight against Golden State. Um, Orlando has shown that they will compete and play against anybody at home, and, and I think that's really, really, really important. The game that they played against Boston um, in Game 3 of the season, they didn't play a lick of defense, but they hung tough with a very good offensive team in the Celtics all the way through. They This team doesn't quit. They're going to play to the play to the final whistle, and, and I think that's going to give them a chance against Golden State. Now, Golden State does a lot of things the Magic are not good at. Um, this is not a good matchup for Orlando. And yes, I know Orlando has the most fun winning streak in the league right now with four straight home wins over the Golden State Warriors. Um, but uh, but this is a team that exploits all the things the Magic are weak at. You turn the ball over, Golden State will murder you. They're not just going to kill you. They're going to murder you. They're going to they're going to they're going to take their knives out and stab you a thousand times if you if you. If you turn, if you give them the ball, if you, you know, like turning the ball over is like giving them the knife. Sorry for the macabre uh, comparison, but that's what this Golden State team does. They exploit those miscues like crazy. Orlando is also not very good at defending guards. Um, look at Luka Doncic, look at Jay Gilgis Alexander. Obviously, bigger guards there, but um, Orlando doesn't have a lot of guard depth right now, and so quicker guards are going to give them problems. Um, and they're not very good defending the three-point line. Um, the three-point defense has been bit of a point of concern as the Magic collapse the paint, and so um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Magic attack Golden State. Having said that, Golden State's really struggling right now. Um, their defense is not good. They turn the ball over a ton themselves. Um, that's always been a feature of Golden State, but they usually have really strong defense. 
and their defense is not good. They are fouling a ton. Um, they are, Golden State is struggling right now, um, struggling for them at least. Um, and so, you know, they lost to Detroit already on this road trip. They lost to Charlotte already on this road trip, and they lost to Miami. They're 0-3 on this road trip. And while no one's panicking about Golden State because they're Golden State, they are not the same championship team they were last year. At least they're not playing like it so far. So how how does Orlando win this game? Um, well, they're going to need to hit shots. Plain and simple, they got to hit some shots. They got to play like that Boston game. They got to play like the Charlotte game. They're two previous home games. They got to move the ball. They got to hit shots. They can make that defense work. That defense is going to give them holes to attack to get to the foul line. They've got to take advantage of those holes. They cannot get into a three-point shooting contest with Golden State. They are going to lose that. What they can do is they can get into a kick-out contest. They can get to a free-throw contest. They can do all those things to keep themselves in this game. Defensively, they've got to do well. They've got to be active with their hands. They've got to be getting deflections. They've got to disrupt the rhythm of that offense. Steph Curry's going to get off his crazy shots and do his crazy things. What you got to do is you got to keep Jordan Poole. you got to keep Andrew Wiggins. you got to keep Klay Thompson from going off. Um, Orlando's done well to you know allow kind of the stars to get their numbers, but where they've struggled against Dallas and where they struggled against Oklahoma City is locking down the others, especially in crunch time. Dorian Finney-Smith hit the big shots against Dallas, that put that game away. It was Lugens Stort and Alexei Pokashevsky who hit the big shots for Oklahoma City to put that game away. Orlando was happy if Shea, if Shea Gildas Alexander did all the work. Um, that 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 was fine. It was when he started passing the ball and getting assists that that the team really struggled. Um, this is not a great matchup for Orlando. I'm not gonna lie. I think you know Golden State's a veteran team. They know how to handle themselves. Orlando's gonna have to play a really good game to come out on top on this one. Um, but what you want again? What you want to see from Orlando, win, win or lose, you want to see them just make better decisions, be smarter with the ball, limit the turnovers. If if they turn the ball over, they're gonna get they're gonna get blown out. Um, but limit the turnovers and keep things moving. If the Magic do that, they'll have their fair shot at winning this game and a fair shot of taking that important next step. Tip off is at the Amway Center tonight at seven. I'll be there for my first home game of the year, so we will chat a little bit about that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that I'm out of breath and you're done listening to me, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's good to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic, Galen Locked On Magic, this is Phil Foster. See you next time for another episode. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.